0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Sharks Fall. 3 to 0 versus the Tampa Bay Lightning in what can only be, be described as a frustrating game and uh, you know, it, we'll, we'll break it down all the way through but just frustrating all the way around. I am joined by Ian Blogs Hockey, otherwise known as Ian Reed. How are you doing, Ian?
1: I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm I'm much more calm than the last time I was on.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I think we finally slipped into the the realization or depression uh, that, uh, yeah, it's not going to be um, great (laughs) going through the rest of the season. Um, And just making sure, (laughs) do we have, we're getting some people, oh, no, Twitter, uh, Laurel, sorry, um, just went ahead and said that we're doing okay. So... That being said, if you want to be a part of the show, please go ahead and use the Teal Town USA name across all the social media. Of course, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, and Reddit. Um, but we will be checking out, uh, be checking out the YouTube chat tonight, <coughs> and keeping some tabs on that. Uh, because we've got some good back and forth there, so if you guys want to uh, go ahead and be a, uh, you know, be a part of the show, go ahead and hit us up. All right, so let's get us back to our uh, our two-shot here, Ian. I mean, you know, we we can beat this horse so many different ways. I mean, I feel like we've beat it to a bloody pulp and then some. I mean, at this point, I think we're we're at ground beef, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, tonight it just, it's just secure, you know, just pure elite skill versus a team that is depleted. I think a team that, uh, by most accounts looks like it's kind of, uh, feels like it's fate is sealed. What, what did you think of tonight's game? I mean, it was competitive, Probably through the first two periods, but in that last period, just the the skill endured and beat out uh, the, the lack of depth on the Sharks.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I didn't, like, it's funny, you know, because, like, and, and maybe I'm just all out of anger, and I maybe I've just accepted things for what they are. Um, You know, I've been pretty down on this team most of the year, but, like, tonight, I don't know, I, like, there, there was little things that I liked, like they, they didn't just kind of fade away into the night. Um, I thought that they got beat by a better team, but they they made a game of it for, for a couple of periods at least. And um, yeah, the, yeah, I got more to this game. Like, honestly, went, went into this game expecting the Sharks to just get absolutely destroyed tonight. Um, and they didn't, you know. Um, and... I guess you're playing for pride at this point. I it's it's so hard because like what is your expectations for this team going forward with with Hurdle and Couture out? I mean, mine, they're they weren't high with Couture and Hurdle in the lineup. So I mean, what can I possibly, you know, what can I possibly get upset about tonight when they came in? They they played a really, really good team. What well, probably a team with, you know, as far as like tools in the tool shed. I mean, one of the most elite teams in the league and I thought they, they held their own all things considered.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I think you take a look at that first five minutes of the, of the first period and the team just gets blitzed, you know, Aaron Dell really holding them in and making the case right now is, uh, you know, for (coughs) a new contract because, honestly you know he he has stepped up so much since since basically his ascension into the starting position
1: yeah um yeah I get you got to give Aaron Dell a ton of credit um Aaron Dell has given the Sharks the best chance to win hockey games I think consistently um he hasn't really had a you know, I don't think he's really had a stinker since the coaching change, um, you know, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting because I don't know what the future holds for Arundel. I know Aaron, a lot of things like, you know, with Arundel, it's going to be interesting because without knowing what the Sharks are going to do with Jones, like you can't come Like I don't care how good Dell finishes this up. You can't come back with the same goaltending. If you're coming back with if you are coming back with Martin Jones, you can't come back with Arundel, too.
0: Right. No, I, I I totally agree with you there. Uh, you know, I I I just I don't know where you start in the the decomposition of the team. I I don't know what is what is the the end game here. I mean, should it be going through and gutting the entire team and just starting it from scratch? I mean, we can't. We've talked t- talked ad nauseum about just the. Uh, the contracts and the situation mm-hmm. that we're in. So, of course, I don't think that you're... I think you're absolutely right. It's not a realistic option at this point. And so it's like, are we stuck in Minnesota land in the min- mushy middle? Or, you know, is is there some kind of path to back to contender status? And and I... I, I you know, it, it's just so hard to decode right now. I, I don't know... You know, where Burns' game is going to be in a year. Um, you know, you hope to God that, that Eric Carlson is better than he has been this season going forward. You know, have another year of Mark Ed um, Mark Edward, you know, another mm-hmm. year uh, of tread off of that tire. So, you know, Doug Wilson has come out and basically said that he plans to to have this team be relevant next season.
1: Yeah, but,
0: but I don't know. Considering the personnel that that we have, I don't know that that is a realistic expectation
1: at this point. Yeah, and, you know, and some of the things that really annoy me, and it's apparently a lot lately. Um, some one of the one of the things that really annoys me is this narrative, like, "Oh well, remember last time in the playoffs? Well, everything turned out fine the next year, so everything will be fine again." And without just, and it's not like. Everything's going to be fine because X, Y, and Z. Everything's going to be fine because that's what happened last time. Like, there's no critical look at it. And I, the thing that frustrates me is that, like, no one wants to look at what happened last time. Like, the Sharks had a bunch of cap space last time. They brought in guys like Paul Martin and Joel Ward. And, you know, like, they, they brought in some veteran guys to help, um, you know, push things along. They, you know, because kind of similar to this season... They, you know, the farm system didn't line up. So they they had the money to bring in veteran guys that were able to play quality minutes. Like Joel Ward, maybe he was a little washed by the end of the contract and Paul Martin obviously got bought out. But that first year of those deals, uh, you know, Doug Wilson kind of hit gold with those guys. Um, there's no money to do that this time around. And maybe they make a trade, sure. And again, you know, people are be like, oh, well, if they get rid of X contract, then... They can bring in guys, and that's true, and we'll see what happens, right? The other big thing last time was the Sharks were getting atrocious goaltending by Auntie Niemi. Well, thankfully, Auntie Niemi was, you know, one of the few cases of guys in a contract year that couldn't make a save to save his life. Um, and so they came back, and they made trades, and they brought in Martin Jones, and Martin Jones had a really good, you know, really good couple of seasons to start um, his career as a Shark. Martin Jones now is a big part of the problem. He's under contract for uh, you know, obviously what five more years. So, it, you know, this this notion that well everything's going to be fine because it was fine last time. Like I just find it still it's, it's stupid. Like and I and I hate to like, you know, be be a jerk and and crap on people for having hopes for the team. And 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 look at there's a lot of talent on this team. I'm not disputing that. But the big problems that the team has are, they're bigger than last time. There's, you know, I, I'm not as confident. Like, everything that's kind of could go wrong this year has gone wrong. And it, and it has been death by a thousand cuts. But I just don't see enough to, to really give me confidence that this is going to get of Like, yes, maybe, you know, Timo Meyer has a better season next year. And that would definitely help things. You know, they could be a little more healthy next year. And that would definitely help things. But you're still gonna be stuck next year trying to fill in gaps like you've you know the cap's not gonna go up exponentially next year and if you have to buy out a contract guess what that's gonna cut into whatever cap space you have so um i I just think a lot of things would have to break right and obviously you know even if half the things broke right this year maybe things aren't as bad as they are but i just think it's i that's it's a really big ask
0: no, I, I I think you're absolutely right there with it being a big ask, and uh, you know, it's just it's maddening. It, it it's it's really maddening because you can see there. I, I mean, I mean, maybe I'm maybe I am looking through teal tinted glasses, so to speak. But to me, there are the bones of a good team there, or at least what we think there should be, right? And I, you know i i continue to look at the power play and its personification of the issues on this team and i think you can you can boil it down to again you have both a brent burns and an eric carlson on the same blue line and i i don't think that this experiment is working and i don't understand how this how they're just continuing to trot this out as as a way of of pushing the team forward when it's just clearly not working um and so it, to me it's it's maddening cuz again you can see that there are there there should be good pieces here there should be pieces that should be excelling and yet it, it just doesn't seem like there's any kind of cohesion it doesn't seem like there's been any kind of of chemistry through the entire
1: season it's disjointed um mm-hmm. you know what i look at it it's like a stew all right. The Sharks are like a stew. You, you've got some really nice pieces of meat in there. You got, you know, a guy, Brent Burns. You've got an Eric Carlson. you got an Evander Kane. There's just a hell of a lot of broth. There's right. just way more broth than than meat in this stew. And, that, and that's the problem is, is you, the problem is, it's like, yeah, there's good pieces. Unfortunately, there's not enough, you know, in this. Obviously, by saying a lot of broth, I mean, it, it's about the depth. Right. The problem with this team isn't that it doesn't have excellent pieces it's that the parts that are supposed to you know fill in the gaps isn't there that's been the problem this season that's not going to and i don't think that's going to significantly change next season
0: no i agree i agree and i think there are some other there are some other really troubling uh how do i say this i think that there are some some other troubles that we aren't really expounding upon and and that is Hurdle suffered another knee injury. You know, he is supposed to be your cornerstone centerman, um, or your most dominant centerman. And he suffered yet another injury to his knee. And to me At least it was a different knee. It, well, right. At least it was a different knee. But still, I mean, the the guy has now had to reconstruct both of his knees. He's not even twenty six yet or twenty-seven. And you just wonder, you know, next season, what is he going to be? What what version of Tomasz Hurdle are we going to get? And and that really scares me because I, I just – I we saw the first year after Fortin getting his knee fixed. We saw Hurdle's first year after his knee surgery, and it wasn't good. You know, he yeah. basically stunted his growth and – you know, it took uh, uh, basically a year the, his his year after his surgery was basically a wash year. So that's scary. So, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of questions on this team. And I don't think that there's a lot of answers. And, you know, I, I honestly think it was a little premature by ownership to give the the nod to Doug Wilson Um, especially because if the sharks do end up having their pick be one, two, three, I think that that's going to be a a huge embarrassment. And I think that it's going to be one of those franchise altering, uh, moves. I think we'll, we'll think about, you know, in future seasons,
1: it's hard though, right? Because like, I think with the benefit of hindsight, obviously the off season was, a kind of a disaster. I know I've had discussions with people and some people are like, well, you can't really, you can't, you know, with with the benefit of hindsight, isn't really fair. And and maybe it isn't, but like, it's, it's a results driven business. So you look at the results and it, the results tell you that the moves made in the off season, whether how calculated the risks were or not, that there this is, this is bad. Um, the, the problem I have is it's hard because when we entered the season, like I didn't, I didn't think this team was going to be this bad. Like I, I thought this team was still going to make the playoffs and easily make the playoffs constructed the way it was. I thought, yeah, okay, fine. They might have trouble getting goals, but it's the Pacific. They're they're an easy top three seed in the division, and you know, so it, I mean, obviously.
0: all right i think maybe yeah okay i think maybe <laughs> uh ian can you can you go ahead and continue where you're at
1: Um uh, hello everyone uh it's <laughs> back um damn oh, i was on such a roll here i don't even know where i left off where'd i leave off guys what's the last thing i said <laughs> i i mean i i don't know i
0: I think at this point you know I think a total rethink of, of the way that the team operates is needed you know I, I think that again it's it's too much to ask of this team to continue to trot out the same players and expect a different result and i think that that's what was most most frustrating especially in the goaltending sure you know and and the goaltending i think if if you've given maybe if you would have come back with a different set of players and going into this season had different options maybe the outcome would be different. Maybe you wouldn't have that first four game losing
1: streak. Well, okay. So here's the thing, right? So this is what I was, this kind of goes back to what I was saying. So everyone's saying that I initially thought that this team was going to be a playoff team with the, with the flaws and everything, Mm -hmm. which I think, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a ton of faith in Martin Jones, but I didn't think Martin Jones was going to be as bad as he's been this season. Um, here, here's I the mean, problem right i mean
0: let, let's call a spade a spade he's been complete garbage you know
1: I, I he's been pretty bad like even even in recent games like he's still letting in four or five goals a game and, and look at is the team in front of him been particularly fantastic no um you know and that's and i think that's fair here, here here's what i was here's here's the kind of the here's what i was saying before i was so rudely interrupted by our wonderful stream here um the problem that I have with the way things are constructed was the team is basically constructed to do something it's never been good at, and that's draft and develop because you have all these contracts signed, you have all these guys that are signed to these big money deals that are obviously eating enough cap space to kill a small elephant. Um, and the goal obviously was, was guys were going to come up and fill those spots on the cheap. But that's never really been the Sharks. If you go back to the season before and how the way that the way things came up, like this is kind of the same thing that happened the last time the Sharks missed the playoffs was they were looking for guys that were supposed to come in and take roles. And that didn't happen. And so the next season you came back with guys like Joel Ward. You came back with guys like Paul Martin. You had to fill those gaps with veteran players because your own players couldn't fill the gaps. And it's exact same thing again. And this has been a systemic problem with the Sharks forever, but they've always been good with European signings and, you know, they've done a good job in that. And that's where, that's where I get a lot of help because like, Oh, well, you're mad at Doug Wilson because this team doesn't draft and develop well, but, but look at these trades and, and look at all that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can be good at some things and suck at others. Like, you know, everything, like I wish everything didn't have to be so black and white with this fan base. You know, it's like everything has to be awesome or everything has to suck. And there's no in between. No, you can be good at you know, making decent trades and then sucking at drafting and developing your own players. And no matter who you blame for the drafting and development issues, guess what? The guy on top, the guy that's supposed to oversee all of this crap is Doug Wilson. So you can say, yeah, Roy Sommer's fault that none of these Barracuda kids have turned out. Well, who's kept Roy Sommer this assigned for all this time? Right. Doug Wilson. Right. So. This is the problem this year was again kind of similar to the last time in this playoffs. They came in, you have assists, you have guys that are supposed to come up from the system and take spots, and they haven't. And again, this is a problem that the Sharks have had time and time again, where they've had to go outside and solve the problems. Next season, you don't have the luxury to solve the problems that way because you don't have the cap space to do it.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, just continuing on uh, the the, the train of thought of skill and meat on the bone versus uh, teams that don't really have meat on the bone going back to the game. I mean, Steven Stamkos with his 23rd goal of, on the season, with wicked one-timer, Pastel, nothing really could do there um, in that second period. Uh, and then going into the third, Nikita Kucherov with his 24th and Andre Palat with his 14th. And uh, again, we can go through the special teams. Um, the the PK didn't give up. They were really, really good tonight. Um, I felt mm-hmm. the, the best part of the Sharks game was the PK. Um, you know, I think adding insult to injury, Ian. I cannot believe the the officiating. I I, I just I, on that, especially on that showman shove. How how they're both looking directly at the play and don't call anything. I you know, I know that the guys on the broadcast sound it was it was very much tonight a a fit of let's let's talk about the refing and what calls they missed. But that one was pretty egregious.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that. And I think at least I thought the Sharks responded to that one well enough. I thought by the end of the game they kind of stopped responding to like the physical play. Too, where you'd kind of want to see them stick up for themselves a little bit more. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, the officiating, but that's that's been the the whole season, right? I mean, shit, we could have a segment every day on miscalls.
0: Yeah, I and and I, I still feel like there is still some kind of tab that the sharks are paying, and and <laughs> I don't
1: I don't know what it is. Like I just. I mean, I don't does, does it
0: feel like that to you? I I just I need to know because it it just seems like they're not getting the benefit
1: of I anything. I think officiating in this league is just bad in general. Like I I, I don't know. I mean, I I know that people are going to be like, yeah, the sharks are probably not getting you know are are getting centered out, and I don't know. It's it's hard, right? Because. I, I haven't watched as much hockey as I have in previous seasons, like enough other hockey, so I've seen a lot of sharks hockey. So you don't want to, you always want to be concerned with like recency bias, right? Like, well, these are the games that I watched, so obviously the sharks are getting picked on. I just feel like the the officiating in in the league is not where it should be right now.
0: Right. Yeah. I think on the on the whole, you're 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 right. I don't know. I it just I, I still feel like there's still some kind of tab that's being picked up by the sharks right now whether that had to do with the Evander Kane situation uh, you know, or or maybe from all of the the calls that went the Sharks Way last year and this is just the hockey gods, you know, correcting that, but they're they're just they haven't gotten the benefit of any kind of, of call and just really haven't gotten the benefit of of the bounces this year.
1: I feel like and I feel like some of it, too, I feel like some of the officiating in the NHL has gotten a little NBA ish where the better team will, you know, like the star player gets the benefit of the doubt and the star player can get away with with garbage um, or, you know, and I feel I I, kind of feel like that's a little bit at play, too, where feel like some of the better teams in the league, like look at the sharks are not one of the better teams in the league anymore. (laughs) I don't know if uh, anyone noticed that, but I, I, I wonder if a little bit of that's kind of creeped into the game as well.
0: Yeah. I, I, I tend to to think maybe that that also has something to do with it. And so I I don't know. I, it just, it it really left a a sour taste in my mouth um, watching the game tonight and, and just seeing how, Tampa was getting getting a lot of benefit of the doubt and it didn't and it just seemed like the Sharks it was nowhere to be found and and Steve Cropper saying um, you know you, you make your own luck for sure I, to- I totally agree with that but I think Ian is is on to something in in that it is becoming more of a player centric NBA style where you know the star players do get the calls and and it's maddening. It's frustrating because you know the sharks used to get those kind of calls. I feel like you know, and in, in when they were elite, you know, and, and now yeah,
1: like there's going to be some players that are just not. You know, I mean, obviously, look there's some players that just aren't going to get called. We we see that all the time, and but I feel like it's kind of like it's mutated a little bit, and it's kind of now it's kind of gone. Some certain teams get away with more than they should as a team. Not just, it's not just like, Oh, well, Sidney Crosby, of course he's going away with that slash on the player's hands. Right? Like it's now it's like, Oh, well it's the Boston Bruins. So they're fine. <sighs> well, I don't know. It's I'm not, you know, I, you know, I hate these officiating.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do too. And that's why I just wanted to pay it really quick lip service and kind of move on because at this point, I'm just kind of throwing my hands up in the air. I've got the tinfoil hat on and, you know, retreating into my fan cave because yeah, there's just really not a lot of positives that you can draw out of tonight's game. I think, you know, again, the penalty kill, the response of the physicality in the first two periods Uh, in that third period, though, this team looked like a frustrated team. It it looked like a frustrated team. It looked like a team that didn't know what to do. Um, You know, Barkley Goodrow has been such a revelation, but, you know, top line Barkley Goodrow, number one center Barkley Goodrow, th- that that just kind of shows you where where the team is at. And
1: yeah, um, it, it, look, I mean, look, this is rough. It, it is what it is. Right. I mean, um, I th- like I said, you know, uh, I I will give the Sharks credit. This game was a lot more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, I thought uh, this and, and was Delo just going to be a bloodbath. And Dell was a positive, absolutely. Like, Dell had a really good game. I mean, you, you don't want to see, look at there's how many games left? There's a good number of games still left. Uh, 20, 30 games left? 29? 20-something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, it's not like I want to watch 29 games of the Sharks getting just absolutely massacred. So, I mean, it's, they had, you know, they were in tough tonight. We all knew they were in tough. We all knew that their chances of winning weren't good. Um, But, I've watched worse games this year. Yeah.
0: So I guess kind of rounding out the discussion then. What what do you think the Sharks objective should be going into the trade deadline? What do you what are the realistic expectations on returns and do we see any kind of major tinkering and major moves? You know, maybe something in the, you know, maybe something in the defensive market, maybe shaking something up on, on the back end for the Sharks and not just moving out the player who we think is going to be moved out and Brendan Dillon. But could you see maybe a, 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 a Brent Burns waving his no trade or or something or, you know, or maybe Patrick Marlowe or, or Joe Thornton? moving on or you
1: know i I... well patrick marlowe has no say like if they if if doug wilson wants to trade patrick marlowe patrick marlowe can't do nothing about it he could not report to the team that he's traded to but he has no trade protection so if patrick marlowe if if the sharks want to trade patrick marlowe they could i don't know why you like i i okay i know why you would do it but i feel like for what you're getting for the price you're getting it at i i don't know i I don't know. It's so, it's so hard, right? Because like, I think you, you should try and get back whatever value you can for expiring assets. Whether if you can move some, you know, if you can move Brendan Dillon and, and eat a bunch of cap space to get, you know, to increase that value, do it. Like, what do you have to lose at this point? I mean, obviously look at the, the first round's gone. We all know that, but and it's so hard because again, you know, I just had one on this huge rant about draft and develop, but Um, you know, if you can rack up a few seconds, I mean, it's not the, it's not the worst thing you could do. Um, if you can bring back, you know, what would be better is if you could bring back a player who's going to fill a role that you have next year so that you're not signing a 41 year old Joe Thornton and a 41 year old Marlowe next season, because I think that would be the most damning thing is if those guys have to keep being trotted back in at beyond 40 to you know to get to just ice a team that's competitive is or even remotely competitive or just to fill spots i mean that's that to me is the most damning thing i it's hard um it's really hard because like i just kind of poo-pooed all the draft and develop and yet here i'm gonna be like yeah well you know get some draft picks and do the things that nhl teams do
0: yeah I, i mean Well, just a quick peek over on Cap Friendly, and we'll just kind of refresh you on what the Sharks have uh, for this draft year. The Sharks own their second-round pick this year. They have Philadelphia's third. They have two fifth-rounders and two seventh-rounders. Yeah. I think right now the expectation is that Brendan Dillon will be traded. Um, I think LeBron was saying that somewhere in the in the market of a second round pick and a prospect a b level prospect is what the going rate is i think that that's pretty fair value for for brendan dillon and i think
1: you i think you might have to eat some cap for that but yeah i think that's i think it's doable like it's a it, 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 trade deadline stupid right because we see lots of like second round pick is like the trade currency so getting a second round pick um, wouldn't surprise me. Um, a second round picking to be a little prospect. I mean, yeah, I, I guess, um, it makes sense. I, I just, I like Brandon Dillon, but like Brandon Dillon's still a f- five, six defenseman right. on most teams. Like, you know what I mean? That's, it. just seems like he's, he's a good guy, but it's not like he's going to go somewhere unless he goes somewhere like Ottawa where he's suddenly a three, four, like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like everyone's like, oh, you know, look at, look at Dylan DeMello now over Ottawa. It's like, yeah, he's on Ottawa. Of course, he's a top four guy in Ottawa.
0: Right. Uh, I, I, you know, when we're talking about eating the salary at this point, with Tomas Hertl being on the uh, on the shelf for the rest of the season, eating cap, I think really doesn't bother me. Um, you, you have huh. the ability to do so. You,
1: what, you, what, what are you saving cap for at this point? Like right. you're. Exactly. There's no point. Like, if you can if you do whatever it takes to get the absolute best value you can for the things that you're gonna send away. Um, the weird thing, this Kevin LeBanc stuff makes no sense to me though. Like yeah, everyone I seems pretty convinced Kevin Lebank's gonna be gone. I don't foresee Kevin LeBanc going anywhere. Like, yes, I understand that, you know, maybe things haven't gone the way he wanted them to go this year after taking that bottom basement, you know, deal, and now he's gonna probably it's probably going to hurt him this offseason because he's not going to collect the money he thought he was going to collect. But like Kevin LeBanc doesn't have a whole lot of power in this situation. And so unless the sharks are done with him, and, and really they can't afford to be in my opinion, you can't, you can't afford to send just yet another guy away who you're getting NHL games out of and then hope for what, who's going to fill that spot, right? Like there's no guy in the Barracuda coming up to fill that spot that he's going to play regardless of what line you put Kevin LeBanc on. So I don't know why everyone's so convinced Kevin LeBanc's going to be gone. I think he's going to be fine. He's the worst case scenario for the Sharks is he takes the Sharks to arbitration. And I'm honestly, I don't think after this season, I don't think an arbitrator is going to be incredibly kind to him. Now, stranger things have happened. And every once in a while, an arbitrator throws out a decision that makes you giggle a little bit. But really... Controlled asset. I don't understand why everyone thinks LeBanc's going to be gone. I don't see it. I think he's here next year. Yeah. I think he's here next year. He's going to be, he's a controlled asset. He's going to be affordable next year. I don't know why you would walk away from him because, again, there's nobody on the Barracuda coming up to take that guy's spot.
0: Right. I mean, Kevin LeBanc is 24 years old, coming off of a 50 point season, you know, probably going to end up, I think maybe we'll see. say 40 points, you know, so I think he'll be down, Um you know, I think his, his, his point total will definitely be down. But...
1: Whoa, wait, here's the other thing in the chat too, Um Evander Kane, like, guys, Evander Kane is like one of the good deals that the Sharks have, like, maybe you're not happy with his, with his output, but I would rather... Evander Kane had that money than I am with some of the other guys that are like age wise, like that's like the the age wise for the length of contract is like the only contract the Sharks have. Right.
0: Right. I mean, Evander Kane's 28 years old and he's leading the team in goals. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, you just have to look at those two things his age and and where he's at insofar as as putting up points. I mean, he's the most prolific goal scorer on the team.
1: You know? and, and not only that, but he's like he's the guy who's not going to like he shouldn't he's not going to regress because of age, like significantly, like because he's still he's only since like 33 or whatever, like you said. Like, I don't know. It makes that deal. That's one of the few deals where I think the Sharks actually did good. Yeah. um Whereas like a lot of these other deals, these guys are going to be like 40 by the time they finish. And that's awful. Timo Meyer is a concern, but I think Timo Meyer is going to bounce back again. It's like, you know, I, I, I don't want to completely crap on everything. Like I think that, you know, everything's not going to break wrong. I think everything kind of broke right last year and everything kind of broke wrong this, this year. You, if you get a half and half and Myers on the, on the positive side, then we'll forget the season ever happened. Um, I'm, you know what it, the, the Timo Meyer contract is what it is. Yes. The qualifying offer at the end is $10 million. That is scary as hell, but you know what? It is what it is. Let's see what happens with it. Um, because again, Timo Meyer's young. Super young. He's again, he's one of the guys that he's one of the guys you've had that's actually like you don't want to send him away if he can turn things around. And you if you're gonna trade Timo Meyer, then you better be damn sure that he's a wash. Right. Which I'm not convinced yet. Uh you know what? You hold on to him, you have nothing to lose by playing him next season and hoping that, you know, things work out. And if it does look bad going into the qualifying offer rule, well, that's a, that's a headache for a couple of years down the road.
0: No, I agree. I think to me, the, the contract that you really need to get out of, and I think you just have to bite the bullet on this. I think you have to buy Martin Jones out. You know, I, I, I think that the amount of money that you save is, is not negligible. Um, meaning I think you, you get a good three or $4 million worth of savings. Um, and, and you just have to call that, you know you just have to call it what it is just a, a misread um unless <sighs> yeah. uh, unless they want to go out and 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 again like i said anything outside of Mitch Corn right but unless they hmm. go out and they really try to figure out what the hell is wrong with his game but to me this is there's just something fundamentally flawed in his game ian i mean
1: yeah yeah but like and again i, I think no, this team's not gonna get blown up, and no, and, I, and we, um, I think you look at you. You're probably I think if if Doug Wilson's gonna turn things around as quickly as he wants to, he has to move one of these contracts. He's obviously not gonna move all of them. Right. Um, but as far as Martin Jones goes, yeah, I I agree. I think you buy him out. Um, I'm just nervous about what they do. I, you know, are you gonna come back next year with like a, a Dell? Georgiev tandem because I'm not like a, a lot. Georgiev's a the name that comes up a lot, but I don't think he's a starter. Yeah, I think he might be a good tandem guy, but like there's nothing in his numbers that are that particularly wows me. Like um, the, the reason why he's even available is because it's Shashurkin. That's the guy that they're going forward with and they know it. And there's it's not even a question. I, I don't know, man, like. I think you buy out Jones. I just, I just don't know what you come back with to, because again, now you've, now you're gonna have to pay money on that buyout. You're gonna eat up any cap space you gained on that buyout because you, a, you have to bring a goalie back or two, depending on you know who you're bringing back, and then you know, again, it doesn't leave you in depth. That's and that's the problem next year. is like. You know, ideally, you'd want to try and chore up the depth, and the goaltending, being what it is, is really throwing a monkey wrench in that.
0: You're absolutely right. You're you're absolutely right. And so, you know, you, you kind of go in thinking, all right, well, well, there's not really a lot on the goaltending market. I don't think there's going to be a lot in free agency as far as goaltenders are concerned. Yeah so what what is the path forward and I, and i think that it's going to take some some kind of interesting solution there cuz i whatever that solution is isn't evident to me right now it's mm-hmm. not evident to me in either the trade scenarios it's not evident to me in free agency and yeah i it, it's just the
1: only thing like the only thing i can think of is with the new deal that, um, was it Backstrom just signed in Washington? Oh, right. Maybe. Then, then you know, now Holtby. that looks like Holtby's probably the odd guy out there now because it's going to be interesting to see how they would keep him in the fold. But again, like where are you going to find this cap space? You buy out Martin Jones and once again, you know, you're eating cap space on that buyout. You still have to, you know, a guy like Brayton Holtby is not coming for, for mm-hmm. peanuts.
0: No, I, I think I think Brayden Holpe will probably look toward the um, the, the Bobrovsky deal and I don't want any anything to do with a 10 million dollar goaltender.
1: Oh, uh, no, neither do I. Like, I think goaltending, you have to spend some money on it. But anyone who spent significant amount of money on goaltending has really had it bite them in the butt pretty badly. Um, Look at Florida. Um, you you know, like anyone who's making over is it's hurt their teams. Montreal. I mean, I I would maybe
0: be interested to see Robin Lehner, but I don't see him getting to free agency. I I think Chicago locks him up. No,
1: I think I think Leonard Leonard's going to be the guy that they keep, and the oft-injured Corey Crawford's probably the odd guy out there.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm I'm just I'm going through you know, goaltending and, and, and what's available. And again, there, to me, there's just no immediate, there, there's, there's no immediate person that, that just jumps out to me.
1: No. And, um, you know, and that's, and, you know, and, in fairness, I mean, that's generally where Doug Wilson's done his best work, right? Where it's like, well, I don't know what the obvious thing is. And then Doug Wilson pulls something out of his ass, and we're like, wow, that's amazing. I, but um, I don't even,
0: I don't, I don't see even a, a creative solution, though. That, that, that's the problem. It's just, just just, yeah. It's going to have to be coming out of thin air on this one, to me, at least.
1: Would I give up LeBanc for, for Georgia? If I, I, I'm not, I, I, um, hmm, LeBanc for Georgia. I, I am not, like, again, I am not that, I am not as high on Georgiev as a lot of the fan base is. I think he's the, he is the sexiest name out there, but that, I, just, I don't know. Sometimes the sexiest name is is, is not, you know, Yeah, well, so always. It, it, so here it, the, it, it's, it's the best name, and I feel like because of the name recognition, it's going to get a lot of play, but I just, it doesn't excite me like other people you know, like other players have in the past that are available.
0: Here are the neck or here are the top 10 goalies. Uh, okay. From cap friendly, who will be free agents going into this off season. Brayton Holtby, number one, age 30, yeah. uh, currently on a $6 million deal. So definitely in line for a raise there. Corey Crawford, 35, $6 million. Yeah, injured
1: deal. so much in 35. Forget that.
0: Yep. Robin Lehner, 28 on a $5 million deal. But, of course, we talked about him. Uh, Craig Anderson, 39 on a (laughs) $4.7 million deal. Jimmy Howard, 36 (laughs) on a $4 million deal. Right. Matt Murray, 26, uh, but he will be an RFA. And $3.7 million is, is his current deal right now. One guy... That I do okay. find a little interesting, and I didn't realize that he was going to be up. Jacob Markstrom, Vancouver, thirty he'll be thirty years old, and currently his current deal is three million uh six hundred K.
1: Is Demco ready to go full time? I haven't watched enough Vancouver. I'm not sure where they're where they're at on Demco now, or if they still if Demco's ready to totally take over that net.
0: I I mean The the, the interesting thing, though, is that he'll be unrestricted and not an RFA. So if he does make it to free agency, maybe the Sharks roll the dice on a six million dollar deal for Markstrom and see if they have six million (laughs) dollars. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like it's it's there's it's like you said, it's the goaltending is going to be a a tricky one to solve because you can't come back with the same goaltending next year. Yeah, uh, like, I think you can come back with one or the other. You can't come back with both. Right. Thomas Price, um,
0: Cam Talbot, and Yoro, Yoro Halak are the, uh, the, the 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 rounding out the top ten there. I mean, <sighs> God, all these names are just horrible. I mean, I'm seeing a Keith Kincaid. I see a Brian Elliott, a Mike Condon. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. I mean, it's it's just it's just it's laughable you know it, it's laughable at at the situation there is in goaltending and what it's going to look like insofar as a uh, ufas so yeah it and so again these aren't these are not easy issues to combat do you think yeah. that dell has has done has shown enough to to be given a new contract in your opinion
1: it's really hard to crap on what Aaron Dell has done, but it's also really hard not to look at the complete body of work and not be a little nervous that, you know, Dell gets hot at the right time, signs a new deal, and then we see a lot of what we saw previously from him, which wasn't fan like there he's had stretch, he has he's had stretches of good of good play, but he's also had you know, like like many goalies, especially backup goalies, a lot of peaks and valleys. Um, but we've seen some really big valleys with Aaron we've seen some good peaks, but we've seen a lot of really deep valleys too. Um, it would make me nervous. But if, I think if you had a guy that you could tandem and like split time with, um, and you could do it on the cheap, I, you know, again, like if maybe if you bring in a guy like Georgiev and you have him tandem with Aaron Dell, I don't think that's the worst thing ever.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, again, uh,
1: you know it wouldn't it's... be the worst thing, you know, but cause I think that, Aaron Dell has given you, but if you know, but again, you got to go sign some forwards now. So if Aaron Dell wants to make another two million dollars and you have to bring in Georgie and pay him three, four, like again, you got to find a way to fill these, these depth holes and it's going to be really, really hard to do. Um, but like I said, if you, you can bring back one. So if you are bringing back Martin Jones next year and please God, don't let that be the case, um, you got to let Dell go and you got to bring in someone and hope to God that they can, you know, play good hockey and take minutes from them
0: yeah i you know to me the, the the more scarier part i mean goaltending is very scary but i think the the center depth is also scary i think the center depth you know you you. i, I i'm with you i think it's time to let go of uh the patrick Marlowe, joe thornton era and just say look guys like it's it's been a hell of a ride you know but you, you, you can't just keep trotting him out anymore. I mean, Thornton looks like a shell of himself. Um, Patty, I mean, is, is to his credit, has gotten double digits in goals, but I don't think he'll break 30 points this year.
1: It's interesting because, you know, for all the names, like you always get all these lists of, like, players that are coming out and, you know, like, oh, here's, you know, what teams are going to, you know, what guys are going to be interesting rentals. And I haven't really, from all the, th- I haven't really heard – Marlowe's name come a lot as a potential rental to be honest and um, I think that's telling I like I think I think he's done a respectable job like when he came in I was against him coming in because you know I wanted people to get looks but now that we're in the season you know he's done a respectable job doing what he's um, he's been asked to do Um, but yeah like I I, you know it's hard because you want to bring in you know Like you got to be able to spend, get depth guys. And I just think having to come back with enough 41 year old Marlowe next season, it's really damning. And Joe Thornton's a a trickier one because he has glimpses of looking like himself this year, but he's really, he's kind of lost a step too. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where I think you just, it's time to pull the bandaid off. It's going to hurt. It, yeah. you know it's gonna suck it's gonna hurt, but it's time to pull the band-aid
0: yeah no I I I think so too I I think it's time to to move on um you know thank them and and honor them and you know those two I think will definitely both be in Toronto in the Hall of Fame i I, I really believe that I, I like I said when Patrick Marlowe left. Going to the going to the Toronto Maple Leafs was the best decision insofar so far as securing his legacy, um, because sure. because then he becomes part of the Canadian national coverage and um, you know the Canadian uh, you know you you gotta buy the votes right you gotta buy the East Coast votes somehow and sure. playing on Toronto I think in in training Mitch Marner and training that core um, did that so yeah. You know, I think to me that was what stamped the ticket for me into the Hall of Fame. but yeah, yeah, it, it going back to to our team then after the, after their passing in so far as you know retiring and passing from one torch to another, it'll be interesting to see what they do on the center center position. Um, to me, again, it's just it's gonna be all up to what we're gonna get out of Tomas Hurdle coming out of his out of his surgery going to be what we're going to get from Logan Couture Um, but are Logan and Hurdle enough to build a team around I don't know Uh, I I don't don't know know I mean I don't I don't have that answer
1: and and no No one does I mean I don't have a crystal ball
0: (laughs) I, I just, you know, but I I think speaking from a talent-wise, you just look in the Pacific Division, and there are teams with a, a hell of a lot better center depth. You know, it, yeah. if, if even if you have a healthy um, couture
1: and a healthy urdle. Um, so, it yeah, you know, it's hard. Like I said, you know, I mean, if you get a couple of things to break, right, maybe things don't look as awful. I mean, if Timo Meyer comes back and comes back with a – You know uh, career year at least just a better year than he's had this year you know you can manufacture a little more offense that way i think you know you get a couple of guys a couple of guys to play better and you get decent goaltending from the start getting decent goaltending from the start with you know i think the sharks would have if they'd gotten decent goaltending from the start they'd be okay i don't think they'd be super great right now they i don't know if they'd be in the playoffs um or if the injuries I would make them would fall sniffing. out of the playoffs at this point. Yeah, they they might be sniffing and maybe they fall out because of the injuries now. But because they've they've gotten decent goaltending after the coaching change. Yeah. But, you know, like again, if you know if if it's a, if it's in bus, you know, it's it's so hard. I mean, hypothetically, who knows? I I think that things don't You know, I don't think things are going to be they don't have to be this terrible next year if they get a couple of things to go right, because everything this year has gone wrong, basically. And I think that's, you know, it's like like I said earlier, it's death by a thousand cuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I you know, and, and I said it a little bit earlier, too. If if you had a mulligan on the season and you did the same exact things and things just break a little bit differently, um I I don't think the same amount of issues and same amount of injuries and the luck that they've gotten would continue. You know, I don't, I don't think like I think if you just reset the season, it it would be different because I think it has just been one of those years where everything is, uh, is gone wrong. But I mean, nothing has gone
1: wrong. Nothing's gone. I mean, nothing's gone right at all. Every, every little gamble that, that Doug Wilson made has blown up in his face, like, you know, <laughs> it's it's been epic. Like, it has been the most epic explosions in his face from, you know, like you would think maybe some things that were just a teeny, teeny risk, and then they gets completely blown up epically. Like, that's the hard part. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, now talking about what the Sharks are going to do now because of the depleted depth, I mean, do we see Maxim Latunov get his shot?
1: No. He didn't play today, did he?
0: No, no, no. I mean, do we see him going forward? Oh, do
1: we see him? Well, I guess it depends on what happens to Shelman, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had Maxim Latunov, of course, is leading the San Jose Barracuda and scoring ten goals, twenty assists. Um, well, he's a player. He's a player that I like. He's
1: a player I like a lot. Um, but we'll figure it. I don't know. This could be interesting. Um, I, I, you know.
0: interesting interesting note from um from jared bayer um Mm -hmm. just basically saying that seattle will make here's the uh, here's this quote seattle will make the san jose sharks job harder when they touch the sharks roster come expansion draft i actually think seattle could be one of the things that helps the sharks because you have to uh, you don't have to protect uh brett burns um, only it's so so for everybody, here's a little refresher course on who has to be protected. Only players with no movement contracts have to be
1: protected, right? So Vlasik and Carlson, you have to protect both of those
0: because they both have full uh, yep, no moves, because they both have full no moves. But Brent Burns, um, does not have to be protected, and neither does Couture, Kane, um. And those, yeah, those are the only two that have, Kane. Yeah. yeah have the no trade clauses. But, yeah, the only people that you have to protect is Carlson and, and Vlasic. So uh, Burns, uh, you know, could be taken off of a team. He could, if they do I just, decide to expose him.
1: I just, it's interesting, though, because with with Seattle apparently taking a very analytic approach, I just don't know why they would take an $8 million player who signed in at least forty. that's, having the issues that he's had like maybe and maybe he comes around this year I know we were talking last time I was on we were talking about that there's obvious that there is a shoulder injury at play with Burns which is probably not helping things but I don't know why you would take a guy making eight million dollars for the twilight years of his career Uh, that just makes no sense to me
0: and uh, somebody was asking about the uh, you know about Chekovich and um, and Chemilevsky I mean Chemilevsky as of late has picked it up a little he's now eight goals eight assists for 16 points in 29
1: games but his game is still lacking a lot the problem is like you're you're, you're talking guys that are just making the jump right it's not like that where's my thing here i, I, I want to bring something up here give me a second ramp, ramp for a second so i can type quietly. yeah
0: and uh and going over um Chekovich, I mean, he's got four points in 28 games. And so, to me, neither of them have, have really shown that they deserve to be called up. I think if we're talking about merit here, we're we're talking, um, I think, how big a watts. I'd like to see him get a shot um, this season. Um, I'd like to see Alexander True get a little bit more of a shot. He's an interesting... Alexander's true to me is 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 an interesting prospect because you you're in love with the size right he's six five two hundred pounds um, you know he he should have the physical attributes to be a good a good player right but, but really hasn't blossomed yet really he really hasn't like, taken that next step
1: here here's here's the problem for me right like Chmielewski Jacevic they're fine they're first year pros all right um, I'm not too concerned about the number of games we've gotten out of that draft class right now, which is 36 because that's Mario Ferraro. The problem is, is when you go back like the the three years before that, how few games you've gotten. And here's where people, this is where I get upset. This is where you're, you know, you've got Dylan Gambrell who's only played 43 games. You know, uh, Noah Gregor hasn't stuck. He's played 18 games. I like Noah Gregor and Joachim Blickfeld has played three games, but none of these guys, like these guys are second-year pros. You'd like to see a few more NHL games out of that class. The 2015 class, you've gotten 245 games out of Timo Meyer, and the only other person in that 2015 draft class that has played NHL games is Rudolph Balsers, who's playing in Ottawa. You don't even have him anymore. No one else from that draft class has played any NHL games, and there was... You know, there was a ton of picks in that draft class. That is where the Sharks' problems are because you should be looking at guys, like, yes, you'd want to see Chekovich and, and Chmielewski make an immediate impact. That would be really nice to get from your first-year pros. But if you had gotten better quality out of your draft classes, 20 you know, out of your 2015 or your 2014 draft class, you know, um, Rourke Sharche, I think, is retired now, played 13 NHL games. Nikolai Goldobin, you know, played a, has played 125 games in the NHL, obviously no longer with the team. You know, and then you have Kevin LeBanc, 266 games. But again, a bunch of guys who you didn't get one game out of in that draft class. 2014, 2013, you know, again, if some of these guys had come up, then the pressure wouldn't be so high on a guy like Chemilevsky and Chekovich, who are also late round picks. 2013, the only guy in the 2013 draft class to play NHL games is Marco Mueller a guy who's played 167 games, but again, the Sharks gave up on him. We all know what happened with Marco Mueller. That is bad. This is why the Sharks are having the problem they are. And this is why, you know, people are... are are down on guys like Jacakovic and Chmielewski, who are first-year pros who shouldn't have to be. You know, it would be nice if they made the jump, but that's an added bonus. The problem is, is that you've gotten you've gotten the previous three draft classes before that, and you've gotten nothing to show for it, or not enough. You the guys that have games are, you know, are most of them aren't are just either not here or they're already on your roster. Like, so yes, Kevin LeBanc from the 2014 draft class, sixth round pick, that's awesome that you've gotten 266 games. But the other games, guys that aren't even in your system anymore. Right. Again, you know, 2015, Valsers is a guy who I like as a player, but again, he's only played 43 games. No games other than from Timo Meyer from that draft class, which which is good because that's a ninth overall pick, so you better get games out of him but that's where the problem is like you're 2014, you're 2015, you're 2013. These this is the problem that the sharks have had and this is why they're in the mess they're in.
0: Yeah, you and it's can't interesting
1: that few games.
0: Yeah, no, and and you're absolutely right, but what's most interesting is that the 2014 and 2015 drafts were supposed to be the years that the sharks were reloading. Right, those, those. That's what we were told by Doug Wilson yep. was we were yep. putting a premium on drafting and development, and yet this premium that they've put on the drafting and developing, where are the results of that? And and somebody that th- there should be consequences for the ineptitude on the drafting, and and I, you know, Doug Wilson Jr. being installed, okay, that's something I guess, but. I don't. I don't think it's enough. I don't. I don't think it's enough. And I think that again, it's a systemic problem, and the sharks are going to have yep. to to go through and 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 really, really rethink drafting and developing on this team.
1: The Kudas. Okay. Yes, I, I I've read the Kudas not preparing players to the NHL fast enough. The problem is, is yes. But here, here's again, here's the problem, right? You're either not selecting the right players or you're not developing them. Maybe a combination of the two. The problem is, though, is that the Sharks have taken too many players that don't even make it to the NHL at all. And I know people are going to say, yes, you know, only players only have an X number of percentage chance in the later rounds to get to the NHL. To even just play a game. And I get that. The problem is, though, is that when you have top loaded your contract structure where you had and where it relies on these players to come in and fill these gaps, the Sharks have done a really terrible job of doing that. And it's not you're, like I.
0: You're absolutely right, Ian. I mean, look at the 20, 2014 draft, I think, is the epitome where, where I think most where where you can really see. I sure was really high on the
1: 2014 draft class.
0: Right. First, you know, the first pick of that draft for the Sharks just comes at 27th overall,
1: Nikolai Goldobin. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. You know, completely whiff on that one. And,
1: and, well, that's it. Not like, was yeah, you've got games, out of him, but he's not even here. Like, you know, like, and that's the other problem, too, is it's like either, like, these, there's a lot of players that have been drafted that are just, that have played games that are just no longer here either because, you know, like, in a sense, like, you can go back to the 2012 draft class. You know, again, you've gotten a few more games out of a few more guys. You know, Joachim Ryan has made himself a regular, but I don't know if he's a regular NHLer on a good team. Right, right. Um, you know, Daniel Regan's only had 25 games. Chris Tierney and Tom Oshertle, obviously those have, picks have worked out good. And Chris Tierney, obviously, you know, the Sharks moved him because they felt that they could do that. Um, I think cause they were higher, they were pretty high on Dylan Gambrell and plus the, you know, that was a part of the, that was part of doing business, right? You had to send the Cobra away. It was, you know, it was a part of a trade. Uh, it's, it's really tricky. Um, and I just, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, are, are they not drafting great players in a developing? thing? We'll never know. Um, maybe the Tootsie Roll Owl knows. Um, he'll tell you, but I, I don't know. I, I all mean, I know is that. Yeah. It's the, the results aren't good enough.
0: No, no, they're they're absolutely not, and and I don't think that 2014 was a was all that great of a draft class, anyways. Um, just looking through who the players were selected and where they were selected, so I don't think it's necessarily a uh, necessarily a, an issue. Did
1: you say 2015 wasn't a good draft class? No,
0: no, 2014.
1: Oh, okay, no, we no, were gonna fight. No,
0: no, 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 2014. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just looking at the 2014 selections and and really the only the only selection that I see that was after Nikolai Goldobin, but before Julius Bergman um, that I would have any interest in was be Marcus Pedersen. Sure. Or or
1: Brandon. Right. And like and there's going to be some guys like I know, like I get a lot of, you know, when I talk discuss drafting again, you know, it's like you get people that are be like, "Oh, well, but they've drafted this guy who is really good and they drafted him in the late round." Like, you know, like Joe Pavelski doesn't get you off the hook for blowing your first 3 rounds of draft picks for 10 years straight. Like Yeah, and that sorry. And,
0: and that's what I mean continually we harp on and and you know, AJ is definitely the the drum holder of this one, but it's drafting and developing your first, second, and third round picks. The shark that that's just a dead zone for the sharks outside of you know, when they're in like from pick 27 to pick 100, <laughs> you know, sure. it's basically a dead zone for the Sharks. And, and they, they, you know, I, I, again, I, I want them to see, I want to see them clean house insofar as, as their scouting department.
1: Me too, but it won't happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah we should uh, probably wrap this up. Though. Yeah. We're going around in circles and, you know, we've got, you know we've got some uh you know one more segment to do um you know at this point it's uh <laughs> i don't know anymore i don't know anymore Ian. um let me go ahead and just get this thing
1: going <laughs> do we have to do it like there was probably better games to watch than the one you watch tonight the end right all right <laughs> have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around.
0: <sighs> it's wrap around. I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm done. I'm depressed. <laughs> um, your your scores wrapping around the NHL tonight. Uh, Sabers beat the Blue Jackets two one. Uh, Canucks beating out the Islanders four to three in overtime. Vancouver. Uh, J T. Miller. Quinn Hughes. Uh, Schaller. And then Quinn Hughes with the overtime winner, uh, to me, really climbing up that that uh, Calder rookie trophy race for me. Uh, Canadians uh, beat out the Panthers four to nothing. Jets beat out the Blues five to two. Maple Leafs beat the Senators in the Battle of Ontario two to one in overtime. The Rangers beat the Red Wings one nothing. Stars beat the Devils three to two. Joe Pavelski with the overtime winner there. Flyers beat up on the Avalanche six to three. Blackhawks beating the coyotes and Blackhawks, boy. they're they're <laughs> they're they're fighting, you know they're they're giving fits to a lot of teams in the Western Conference. And it's interesting to see how they're battling out. Um, for that final wild card spot, I didn't think it was going to be this close for them, but you know what? They're still making a deal out of it. Oh, thank you for the uh, super chat donation. I appreciate it. Uh, Brandon Sod three or uh, excuse me, Brandon Saad with two goals. Uh. Wait a minute, it says 3 to 2 To, to answer the
1: question oh, just I, I think we I think we, we 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 did touch on this earlier uh just minute, but we do thank you for the super chat. I honestly I think this rumor about Kevin LeBanc wanting it like it just to me it seems like it's a garbage rumor. Um I you know the logic behind it is oh Well, you know, this whole betting on himself thing didn't work out so well. So now he's going to demand a trade. He's not going to get more money elsewhere. It doesn't matter. The best he can do is arbitration. It doesn't like it really. He can demand a trade all he wants unless he's willing to sit at home and do nothing. I don't I I don't know. I think it's just honestly, I haven't heard this from anywhere reputable. Like I I haven't heard. I haven't heard it at all. Uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those things from one of those just like nameless, you know, insider accounts. Like, it's just, I I think it's nonsense to be completely honest. Absolute nonsense.
0: Golden Knights beat the predators three, nothing. And, you know, talk about another franchise that's kind of in the same kind of position right now as the predators and just not going anywhere, spinning their tires. And frankly, it's, it's just flabbergasting. Uh, Bruins beat up on the Wild six to one. Oilers and Flames tonight in the battle of Alberta, and boy, that certainly is heating up—no pun intended there. But uh, we saw some fireworks tonight—a goalie on goalie fight, um, just very, very interesting. Uh, the the Oilers beat the Flames eight to three, and uh, yeah, yeah. If you hadn't didn't get a chance to go check that one out you should because it was uh, it was one of those games where you you, (laughs) it it, it was old-timey put it to you that way uh ducks beat the kings three to one and then of course the sharks fail to register a goal tonight and are shut out three nothing against the tampa bay lightning so ian that being said we've kind of wrapped it all up tonight What are your final thoughts and uh, where the people can find you?
1: Final thoughts are, I mean, get buckle up because I think we're going to see a lot more games like this coming up down the schedule. Um, And, you know, it's it's sad, but it is like it is what it is. Hopefully the only thing you can hope for now is that, you know, the you get some. Moral victories, I guess. He just wanted to play well. I think I just want to be somewhat entertained. I want the Sharks to at least try and look like they're, you know, at least trying to be in these games. And I think that is sadly the best you can hope for. And I'm hoping that's what we get because I don't want to watch 29 games of just them getting their butts kicked um, and not having any gusto. So buckle up. It's going to be it's going to be a long 30 29 whatever games are left. <laughs> um and where the people can find you? Uh, at Ian Vlogski on the Twitter machine. I um I I got the plague last week, so nothing nothing got done, but I am working on uh, I am trying to work on an article about how the about some salary stuff with the sharks and how their salary woes compared to other teams as far as age and money and stuff like that goes. So um, I'm hoping to have that done sooner than later, but it's kind of a slow prodding along thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm uh, Eric Landy. You can find me using my first name. That's Eric E R I K Landy L E N D I across all the social media garbage. And if you've been trying to figure out where I'm at on the Instagram, um, I just uh, took my my uh, Instagram off of private, so I'm back on the public sphere in, in the Instagram, so come check it out. Um, of course, uh, check out um, the articles and uh, all of your Sharks uh, news up on the tealtownusa.com. On the website, uh, we've got some good articles of there. Uh, I know Ian saying that he's got some stuff in the works. So be be cool to see some more stuff go up on the website. And, uh, you know, as far as my final thoughts are concerned, I, I think we've just got to start looking forward to the little things now. So looking forward to new players being called up, uh, young players getting the opportunities, kind of getting to see where they're going, um, you know, where their career may take them. Um, you know, some guys that, again, like I'm I'm interested in seeing is true. I'd like to see what uh, Lutunov has to bring and uh, continuing to see the development a- on um because I think that there's a player there, but it's going to take some time. So, thank you all so much for showing up and for getting through this one. I know that we had the technical difficulties, but of course keep it on the real keep it real keep it teal and keeping it real teal thanks guys
1: and have a great night